The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. We're beginning a new series today called Sticks and Stones. It's all about the words that we, we say. And you guys probably remember that statement. I know I remember hearing that as a little kid on the playground, you know, that little, that little song we used to sing, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And normally we would say that after somebody, you know, in the playground called us like a dummy or something. And it was like, oh yeah, well, you know, and we'd say that. That was our way of saying that your words don't really matter. What you say doesn't really matter. But the truth is, uh, the reality is that words are a big deal. And words, the Bible makes it very clear that words are powerful. And they have the ability to do some incredible things in your life. And, and yet so often we don't really understand this. So because we don't, because we have a lack of knowledge in this area, we, we perish, what the Bible says. We, we're destroyed because we have this lack of knowledge. And so this series is about helping you to grow in your understanding of the power of the words and the Word of God specifically in your life. And I'm telling you, you're going to be amazed through the series as we look at this. I know this week as I've been studying and plotting out this series, man, I'm, I'm so excited about it because there's so much truth and there's so much amazing things available to us if we can learn to harness the Word of God and get our heart and our mouth to agree with the promises of what the Word of God has to say. All right, so Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20, this is kind of going to be our, or actually verse 21, this is going to be a, kind of our key verse for this, uh, for this series. It says this, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Everybody say death and life. Are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. How many of you ever heard the statement before, it's a matter of life and death? Anybody ever heard that before? Lift up your hands, act like you're interested and you're in church today and you're kind of involved in this whole thing. Okay, cool. Uh, you maybe heard that maybe in a movie, maybe in a television show that you're watching. Maybe somebody said it to you, hopefully sarcastically. <laughs> hopefully you haven't necessarily been in a situation where it was a matter of life and death. But we say that statement. Here's why we say that statement. Because we all understand that life and death are a big deal. Uh, that's why every year there's people in our life that we love and we care about them. And we have a thing called a birthday where we celebrate them. And we got to eat with them. Or if they're little kids, we throw them a party. And we have cake. And we sing this stupid song. And we, we do all this. Why? Because we understand that life is a big deal. And on this day, we celebrate that that life came into being, right? Uh, we also, when people die, we, we have a thing called a funeral. And we go to a funeral and we remember that person. And we mourn that person. And we mourn the loss of that person. Why? Because, because death is a big deal. As I think about my life and I think about... You know, some of the most significant moments in my life, I think about my children being born. You know, that was a big moment for me. All three of my kids being born, the life that was born that day. I think of people that, that, we've, that we've lost. I think of people that have died. I think of losing a child at one point in our life. Losing loved ones in my life. And, and it's a, it has marked me. Why? Because, because death and life are a big deal. And this verse that we just read makes a pretty incredible statement. It says that, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, that's a big statement right there. These two things that we all agree upon that are a big deal, are, are, under, according to this verse, are controlled by the tongue. Now, when I say tongue, I'm not talking about, you know, the muscle of the tongue. What this verse is talking about is what the tongue is able to help you produce, which is words. And, and actually, if you, if you look at this, uh, in the Bible when it talks about this, 
When it says the power of the tongue, that actually means under the control of or under the direction of. So death and life are under the control of, under the direction of, the words that you speak. That's a pretty amazing statement in Scripture. Now, this is the Word of God. This isn't my opinion. This is the Word of God. So, so death and life are under the control of our words. Now, if you go back to Proverbs 18, we read verse 21. You jump one verse before that. It says this. It says, a man's stomach. Now, when it talks about your stomach, guys, it's not talking about your belly, okay? It's talking about, it's talking about kind of the, the you, the center of who you are, what, what brings satisfaction to you. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. There's fruit that you're producing through your mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Here, let, me, let me tell you what that, here's a statement, okay? Here's what that's saying. The quality of, your, of the satisfaction of your life is dependent upon the words that you speak to some degree. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. Now, wh- how is that true? Okay, here's why this is true. Because, because in the beginning, when God created this world, he created this world with his words. If you go back to Genesis and you begin to read the very beginning of your Bible, you're going to find a a statement over and over again. It says, then God said, then God said, then God said. You're going to read that over and over again. Then God, God said. God's words, when God spoke from his spiritual realm that he's in into this natural realm, his words created. And actually his words created order. Because the Bible says that, that before God did this, that there was darkness over the face of the earth. And when you, you study that out, that actually means that the world was in a state of chaos. So before God spoke into this world, it was in a state of chaos. And God spoke, and his word created, and it didn't just create life, it created order. It brought order to this world. So God's words have creative power. Are you guys tracking with me? Okay, and then the Bible says this in Hebrews 1 verse 3. It says, he, that's talking about Jesus, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Okay, so here's what we understand. God created this world with his words. This, this world, he brought from chaos, he brought order through his word. And now this verse tells us that he sustains this world with his words. His, world, his words are what's holding this world together. In fact, it's interesting. I was studying this week, and I, I read this article about this protein called laminin. And this laminin protein is like this essential uh, protein that our bodies have. In fact, I'll, I'll read you what it says because it says it better than I can. Lemonins are a family of proteins that are, that are an integral part of the structural scaffolding of, brace, of basement membranes in almost every animal or human tissue. Okay, so let me give that to you in Josh speak. <laughs> You're, these, these proteins are what keep you from being a blob right now. They're what holding you together, okay? It says this. It says, they are the cell adhesion molecules. They are what holds one cell of the body to the next cell. Without them, we would literally fall apart, okay? Now, here's what's fascinating. When you look at these, these cells under a microscope, these laminin protein things under a microscope, I want to show you what they look like. Now, before I show you this, let me understand this. This is not like the Christian version of this. This is, if you look this up in a scientific book, this is what these proteins look like. Guys, go ahead and stick that up there. So, anybody recognize that? Does that look familiar to any of you? The the protein cells that are holding our bodies together, keeping us from being a blob, is in the shape of a cross. That's pretty cool, right? Now, here's what I want you to see. God created with his words, and he sustains you with his words. 
His word is what sustains this world, what holds this world together, what keeps it going. Now here's where it gets really interesting. After God created this word, this world with his words, which is sustained by his words, which this is what that means. That means that this world responds to his words, right? His words are the parenting force that created this world. So after that, then he created his most prized possession, and that is mankind. And when he created mankind, he did something that he hadn't done with everything else. He created something in his image, in his likeness, with his ability. The Bible says this in Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So when God created mankind, he created us in his image. And it says that he breathed the breath of life into man. And when you study that out, it means that at that moment, man became, listen to this, a speaking spirit. So you have an ability that nothing else in this world can do. As a human being, as someone made in the image of God, you have the ability to communicate and to speak. Nothing else can do that. I don't care if you're an animal activist and you tell us, well, actually, dolphins can click. and uh, For real, people, come on. Like, a monkey may be able to scream out and let the other monkeys know a tiger's coming, but they're not, like, up there going, hey, dude, watch out, there's a tiger coming. Like... They can't communicate their heart. They can't communicate their emotions. They can't speak in faith. They can't talk about the future. They can't do that. A parrot can mimic your words, but it doesn't, has no idea what it's really doing. Only you are made in the image of God with the ability to speak the words of God. Now listen, listen. Here's why this is so cool. You live in a world that was created by the word of God. You live in a world that, is, that, it, that when God spoke into this world, he took this world from chaos to order. You live in a world that is sustained by the word of God and you have the ability to speak the word of God into this world. Here's what that means. You can speak into the chaos in this world and create order when you speak the word of God. Can I get an amen, my friends? This is a powerful truth. Life and death, these things that we all agree are a big deal, are, are influenced by the power of the words that you speak. And yet so often we don't, we don't really realize that. We don't understand that, so we, we don't do anything with it. And, and, and so here's what I want you to see today. This is, a, this is a big truth, okay? If you're taking notes, write this down. I think this is in your, your notes this morning. The quality of your life is dependent upon the words you speak. Now, this truth has been abused, okay? And, and one of the things I've noticed today is in the church world, not a lot of people always talk about this. Why? Because this truth has been abused. And, and listen, any truth scripturally can be abused, and people have taken this and they've gone too far with it and, and they've taken it to places that it really isn't what it's saying. And I want you to understand what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that what we're trying to do is get God to agree with our words. That's not the point here. The point is that our words begin to agree with God's word. That's the point here. That we begin to line our words up with the life that's found in Scripture with what God's promises are and we speak those things instead of allowing our words to speak death over the situations of our life because death and life are in the power of your tongue. You need to understand the significance of this. In fact, Proverbs 8, 18, 21, to go back to that, it says this, it says, those who love it will eat its fruit. You're eating the fruit of what you've been speaking. What you're experiencing today is a result of the words that you've been saying in the past. That's part of how you're living your life today. Those who love it, that word love there means to have affection for, to hold dearly as beloved, to claim as a friend. I love, I love that part, to claim as a friend. 
So here's what I want you to see today. Do you love your words like you should? Do you love your words like a best friend? My best friend is this little gal right here that just came up and was cute and made that little announcement a minute ago. That's my best friend. And I love her. And, and so because I love her and she's my best friend, I guard her. I protect her. I look out for her. I know what she's doing. I know where she's at. I, I keep track of her, not because, because I love her. Okay, you guys following me? Do you love your words that way? Do you keep track of your words? Are you paying attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth? Do you love them? Do you care for them? Do you guard them? Or do you just let it fly? Do you just say your circumstances? Because listen, your circumstances are a liar. I'll say that again. Your circumstances are a liar. The word of God is truth and let everything else be a liar. This natural world we live in is not... The, the real spiritual realm is what controls and how God works in this realm. And if you're just agreeing with what you see, you're going to have a rough life. You've got to learn to look in spite of your circumstances and speak in faith what God's word has to say. You've got to learn to control your tongue. You've got to learn to guard it. You've got to learn to protect it. What you're experiencing today is a result of what you've been saying. So listen, if you're happy with what you're experiencing today, if you can look at your life and say, man, everything is perfect in every area, I'm good, then okay, you don't need this. But if you can look at your life in any area and say, that could be better, then maybe it's because you need to learn to control what you're saying in that realm of your life. We've got to learn to do this. Your words are worth a whole lot. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. These things that we all agree are a big deal are under the control or the power of your tongue. So you need to speak life over your life. You need to speak God's word over your life because you're going to eat the fruit of what you say tomorrow. You're going to eat the fruit of that. So let's learn to control that. Okay, so I want to, I want to show you three things today. Three ways that our words connect us. Because words, one of the powerful things that words do is they connect us. And I want to show you three ways that you're connected by your words. Okay, here's the first one. Words connect mouth to heart. Words connect your mouth to your heart. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is talking to a group of people. Some are his disciples. Some are just some people that are following him. Some are some Pharisees. And he's, he's in this verse, he's addressing some of these Pharisees because they have just accused him of some of the miracles he's been doing, they've accused those, those miracles of coming from the devil. So basically they're saying that what he's doing and moving by the Holy Spirit and healing people has come from the devil. And this is that famous verse where Jesus says, you know, you better watch it, you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit, and that's a bad, bad deal, you don't want to be doing that. Jesus makes that statement. And after he says that, he says this in verse 33. He says, either make it the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Okay, I'll be real real with you this morning. I am not the most agriculturally sound human being on the planet. I don't know a lot about trees and grass. and You wouldn't think that looking at me, but it's true. I, I couldn't tell you what a tree is, but I, I, I do know how to identify some trees. Like if I see a tree and it has apples hanging from it, I can tell you what kind of tree that is. That's an apple tree, right? Because I know it because of its fruit. If I see an orange tree, I can confidently tell you that is an orange tree. Why? Because I know what kind of tree it is based on the fruit that it's producing. Lemon tree, peach tree. I can tell you, you here's what Jesus is showing us here. 
you know what's going on on the inside by what's being produced on the outside. Okay? So then he goes on to say this, verse 34, brood of vipers. Now remember, he's talking to some people here who are not doing real good, okay? Some of these people, he's addressing them in a very strong way, which I love Jesus, like brood of vipers, like that's awesome. He says, how can you being evil speak good things? Look at this. This is a powerful statement. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. So Jesus presents this pretty incredible idea here that out of the treasure of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. I want to say heart. It's not talking about your physical heart. He's talking about your spiritual center. He's talking about knowing what's going on on the, what's going on on the inside by seeing the fruit that's being produced through your words. Your words are a window into what's going on inside of you. I can learn a lot about you if I, if I get about an hour to sit down with you. I can learn a lot about what's going on in your life. You can be telling me one thing, but I can, I can understand a lot about you based on what you're saying because, because I understand this idea. And so, so here's the idea here, that, that your heart is going to show us, it's going to be a window into what's happening through the words that you're saying. It's going to be a window into it what's happening inside of you. Now, here's the cool thing, okay? The good news is, it's not just a one-way street. Here's what I mean by that. By saying the right words, you can actually change what's going on on the inside of you. See, it's, it, it's not just a window outside. It's actually something where you can start to harness this truth and you can change what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your heart, by learning to take the Word of God and use it that way. It's not a one-way street. So words connect heart to mouth, mouth to heart. Here's the second truth you need to understand. Words connect people to God. Words connect people to God. I'll talk to you more about that change and how that works here in just a second. Words connect people to God. Think about it. At the beginning, when Jesus was, or when God was creating this world, and it was Jesus, you'll see that in a second. When he was creating this world, he spoke from the realm he was in into this natural realm that we live in, and he created order that way. That was the bridge that, that helped him to, to make the changes he needed to make in this world. So, so the word of God is what bridges between natural and spiritual. Words are a big deal. Words are how we connect to God. Through your words, you, you pray and you're able to connect with the blessings and the promises of God. Through your words and your worship, you're able to connect with the presence of God and, and, and the anointing of God that he has for you. Your words are a connection. Your words are how you connect to God. If you don't have the right words going on, you cannot connect with God. The words are the connection point. You say, well, wait, Pastor Josh, wait a minute, though. Jesus is the bridge. Like, Jesus is the one. He came to the earth. He died on the cross. He paid the price so that we could be saved. He's the one. He's the connection. You are absolutely right, and you just made my point. Because the Bible says that Jesus was the Word made flesh. John 1.1 says it this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And look at this, the Word was God. A few verses later, verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's talking about Jesus. Jesus was there at the beginning. He helped create this world. He spoke this world into existence. And then he came to this world, put on flesh, and became a human being. Psalms 107, verse 20, talking about Jesus, the coming Messiah that was to come, says this, he, talking about God, sent his Word and healed them and delivered them from destruction. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He went about healing people, and then he died on the cross, and he helped save us from destruction. Jesus is the Word. So here's what happened. There was this gap between us and God that was caused by sin. 
When Adam and Eve fell and sinned, this huge gap was produced. And so in order to fix that, God sent his word into this world. He sent his son Jesus into this world. And Jesus came and he died on the cross and he paid the price. And now because of him, there's a bridge back to God. And we cross that bridge by the confession of our mouth. Romans 10 verse 9 says it this way. If you confess, that means speak with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And look at this. And with the mouth, confession, speaking, is made unto salvation. Verse 13, same chapter. Whoever calls, that's speaking, on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We see in this verse that what we say affects our heart. Remember what I said earlier? It's not just a two-way street. See, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life and you speak and you confess him and you get your heart and your lips to agree with the promise of Jesus Christ, something incredible happens. The greatest miracle of all takes place inside of you. you. The Bible says that we are dead in sin before Jesus. You are a dead man. The sin problem isn't just a messy problem. It's a dead problem. We dead. Dead. Okay, And we confess Jesus as our Lord, and the Bible says you're born again. You receive a new spirit. You're transferred into life. Your eternity, how many know eternity is kind of a big deal? Forever, right? Eternity is changed from hell to heaven by getting your heart and your lips to agree with the promise of Jesus Christ. This is, a, this is incredible. So, so what, we, what we understand here is that what we... What we believe and what we speak is a big deal. And our words, our confession connects us to God. Your words are a huge, play a huge part in you connecting with God, getting your, your heart, your lips to agree with God's word. Now here's the, the third thing. Words connect us people to people. Words connect people to people. Words connect us mouth and heart. They connect us God and people, and they connect people to people. We, we talked about this just a few weeks ago here at New Song Church. Communication is huge when it comes to relationship, right? You can't have a relationship with someone where you're not communicating. In fact, if, you, if communication stops in a relationship you're in, we recognize that something is wrong with that relationship. And in our life, communication is a big deal. Now here's what is fascinating about these verses here. In Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21, those are the verses we read earlier, it, it talks all about a man's stomach and being satisfied and, and death and life from the power of the tongue. Well, right after that, it says this in verse 22. It says, He who finds a wife find a good, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Okay, so right after, God talks about death and life, the power of the tongue, and, 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 and your, your, your stomach being satisfied with the words of your mouth, the fruit of your lips. God talks about this idea of, of relationship. Why? Because relationships, a big part of relationships, have to do with the words that we say. Because we connect with other people through our words. And yet so often we don't understand this. And we use our words and our relationships in a, in a bad way. And we hurt relationships. You know, I, I bet if, you were in, if you're in here today and you start thinking about maybe some of the broken relationships of your life, I, I'm just guessing. <laughs> that a big part of those relationships dissolving, you can probably think back to some words that were said, maybe some promises that were made, some things that were not said that caused those relationships to fall apart. Words are a big deal. And, and when words are, not, are, are used the wrong way, they can affect us, they can hurt us, they can do a lot of damage 
in your life. And so what I want you to see is if you want to have good relationships, you've got to have good words. You've got to have God's word coming out of your mouth about the people around you. The people that God's placed in your life. Your marriage, listen, people that are married in here today, (laughs) your marriage will never be any better than the words that you're speaking over it. It never will. And yet, so often we look at our marriage and we look at some of the, re, the, the quote-unquote realities that we see going on and we just, we just speak those over our spouses, over our kids, over our finances. And what we don't realize is we're aligning ourselves with death. We're actually aligning ourselves with what Satan is saying over you instead of what God is saying over us. This is a big deal. Your words are either agreeing with God's plan for your life Or they're agreeing with what the enemy is saying for your life. You're either speaking, either what you're saying is releasing life over your life or it's releasing death. Ephesians 5, Jesus says this about our words. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. What we see here is this idea of a sacrificial love, obviously. Jesus gave his life for us. Look what he goes on to say, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word, the 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 bride of Christ is the church. And how does God minister to his bride? He ministers through his word. We come here today and we we sing songs full of the word of God. You you sit under preaching and teaching. We we say as you leave this service today, we make a confession of faith over you that you're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, blessed coming in and blessed going out, and everything you set your hands to will prosper. We want this church to be a place where you come and you receive the washing of the water of the word. That's what Jesus does for his bride. My question is, are you doing that for the people in your life? You know, we've been singing a song in the last few weeks about, how we, about who God says we are. And we all love that song, right? Like, I, I, we love to lift our hands and, man, God says this about me and, mm, 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 and that's so good. And that's, I'm, I'm anointed and I'm appointed and, mm, and God says that. And then we go home and we look at our kids and we say, you're an idiot. You're so dumb. What's wrong with you? We look at our spouse who maybe didn't come to church with us. You're such a loser. How, why don't you just get up and go to church, do something with your life? Or we, or we say in the car on the way home, I'm, I'm just married to an idiot. He's never going to change. It's getting quiet in here. Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? You love it when God says those things about you. Why don't you say those things about the people in your life? Why don't you harness this amazing gift of words and speak God's word and release his life-giving power into the life of the people he's put around you and start saying who God says they are, who they are in faith based on his word, not just what you see. We don't walk by what we see. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. Quit speaking sight, start speaking the word. You guys follow me this morning? This is an amazing truth. This is an amazing gift that God has given us that we can, we can get intentional with our words and we can harness them to change our world. You're shaping the world that you live in by the words that you're speaking. You need to, you need to take a hold of this. Now, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're feeling a little bit of conviction. <laughs> and if you are, you don't feel bad. I did too this week. <laughs> Thinking about maybe some words that you've said or some ways that you maybe need to clean this up. Well, here's the good news, really good news. If you've 
messed up maybe some relationships or you're looking at some places where you've messed this up, here's the great news. There are seven words that you can say that will bring you back into relationship the way you, you need to be. For example, okay, so if I, if I said some words in a relationship and that was the vehicle that I used to drive away from that relationship, there's a vehicle I can get in to drive back in that relationship and it's my words. That's how I mend that. That's how I fix that. And I want to give you seven words that you can speak that will help you with this. Okay, here they are. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Everybody say, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Not always easy to say. But the same way you got out of this is how you get back in. Now, I can't promise you that when you say that with all the relationships in your life, it's, it's going to magically mend everything. Because you may have done some things that, you know, it's going to take a while. A little bit of trust has been broken. You've got to win that back. But I will say this. With God, when you mess up and you say that, he forgives you every time. Perfectly. But if you'll begin to say those kind of things and be quick to say those kind of things. When you mess up, just be quick. If you mess up with your words, just be quick to own it and ask for forgiveness from God and from people. You'll step right back in where you need to be. Now, let me also say this. There are six words you can say that fall short of, li- of this, this, okay? And they are this. I need to ask for forgiveness. Don't say I need to ask for forgiveness. I've noticed a lot of times when people say, I need to ask for forgiveness. Then they tell you stuff, but they never actually say, I was wrong, will you forgive me? I need to ask for forgiveness. Okay, go ahead. Like, do it. So just ask for forgiveness. <laughs> say I was wrong. That's the hard part. I was wrong. Like, that's the part we struggle with. But I'm telling you, if you'll do this in the relationships where you've messed up, God will heal those relationships. He'll begin to mend them. He'll begin to put the right kind of people in your life. Your words are powerful. Your words are so powerful. It's never too late to repair relationships. If you're willing to put your trust and your faith in God, He'll always forgive you. God will always forgive you. And, and even if he doesn't, if you're not able to necessarily totally renew that relationship, I believe God will help you move on because you're doing things the right way. Now, as I kind of close this out this morning, I want, here, here's what I want you to see in this first message. And man, we're gonna, this is going to be a great series. I'm super pumped about where we're going in this series. I'm going to talk to you about how to harness these words, what you need to be saying, how you can use God's word to change your circumstances, to overcome sin, to overcome sickness, to overcome some of the problems that you're facing. It's going to be really good. Make sure you're here every week of the series and get some other people to come with you. But, but as we close today, here's what I, I want you to walk away with today. Your words are of great value. Your words are worth so much. So much. In fact, in Matthew 12, we, we read earlier where it was talking about a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, that whole thing Jesus was saying. In verse 36, he says this, But I say to you that for every idle word men speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified. So there it is again. By your words you're justified. Your words, the confession of faith, is how you are justified before God. You're able to stand before Jesus Christ because you're the words that you speak, the confession of faith in Jesus Christ. And by your words you will be condemned. Now leave that up there for a minute, guys. So here's what you see. Your words are of such value that God is remembering them. I don't know how much a word, a word is worth, but I know this. They're worth enough that God is recording them, remembering them, and that someday you'll stand before him and give an account for the words you said. 
Now, before you get terrified by that, let me just say this. God is good. And the Bible talks about when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, that he remembers our sins no more. So God has the ability to remember every word. This is incredible. He has the ability to remember every word that is spoken by every human being, six billion plus people speaking on this world in all these different dialects, all these different languages, all over the place. He's remembering it all. And all the people in human history remembers it all. It's incredible. And records it all. But here's the good news. When we repent and ask God to forgive us and change from death into life, he remembers our sins no more. The sinful words, the messed up words, they get erased. It's not that he forgets them. It's that he chooses to not remember them. But what I really want you to see here is God puts a great value on your words. So much so, he's recording them. If God values your words that much, I think we should too. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. God created you to be a speaking spirit that could live in this world, a world that was created by his words, a world that is sustained by his words, a a world that responds to his words, and he gave you the ability to speak his his word into that world and change chaos into order. If you've got chaos in your life, start speaking order. God's word is full of order. And order that chaos to run away. Order that chaos to go. Bring order to whatever area is not lining up with what the scriptures say. You do that. You harness your words. Your words are of great value. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I love that God forgets these words. He forgets them because of grace. He doesn't remember them anymore. God puts a tremendous value on your words. So, so here's, as I close, think about this, okay? Um, I said this earlier, but it's so true, and I hope you really grasp this today. In that moment of salvation, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, in that moment, a miracle takes place. The greatest miracle of your life takes place. It takes place because you line up your heart and your lips with God's word. The greatest, your eternal destination is settled in that. Why do we have such a hard time believing that it's something that significant is determined by our heart and our mouth in agreement with God's word? Why do we have a hard time believing that the smaller things of this world would be not affected by lining up our heart and our lips with God's word? Why do we have a hard time believing that if we're struggling financially, that we can't start speaking what the word of God says over our finances and it will bring order to the chaos of our finances? Why do we have a hard time believing that if we're struggling in our physical bodies that we can't start speaking the word of God over our physical bodies and bring healing and restoration to our relationships, to whatever area. If there's chaos in your life, start speaking order. Death and life are in the power of the words that you speak. So don't be loose. Listen, you do not have permission to speak freely, okay? Let me just say that. God does not, permission is not granted by Jesus Christ. You need to be intentional with your words. Harness them and use them. Speak life. Speak life. Give me a good series, right? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to invite you to take a moment here and reflect for just a moment on what God may be saying to you. We ask this question every week here at New Song Church. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And uh, if you're new to the church, here's what we mean by that. We, we believe that we serve a God that speaks. 
And, and how he speaks to us, sometimes we're confused by this. We think that, you know, in order to God speak to us, it's going to be like this booming voice from heaven. That's really not how it works. When God speaks to you, he speaks to you spirit to spirit because he is a spirit and he speaks to your, your spirit. And, and, and then you interpret that through your mind. So when you hear God, it sounds like you. It sounds like your thoughts. And so that's why sometimes we don't think it's really God, even though it is. But God, what, so my question is, what are, what are you thinking right now? What do you feel like God is saying to you right now? And let me just tell you, if it's, if it's God, it's encouraging. It makes you feel better. Now, that doesn't mean that God might not be saying to you, hey, you need to get your words right. But if you'll do this, man, there's, there's promises I have for you. God's word is full of promises for your life. If you'll just get your words right. Maybe you're here today and you know there's some relationships that need to be repaired. You need to go back and you need to, you need to repent and you need to ask for forgiveness for maybe some mistakes that you've made in the past and, and say those seven words, I was wrong, will you forgive me and repent? If that's you today, I want to encourage you, whatever God is saying to you today, to be a doer of the word. Don't just be a hearer, don't just hear this word today and walk away from it, but, but be a doer of the word. That's how you step in to being a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, maybe you've never, brought, you've never crossed that, that, that bridge of confession and, and made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, really sur- surrendered your life to him, if that's you today, I'd love to pray with you. I don't want you to leave not being sure about you know, where you are with God. Maybe you're here today and at some point, you know, you've, you prayed a prayer or maybe as a kid you went to church and you're just, but, but you find yourself here today and you're just like, I don't really know where I stand with God. And I, I've got one foot in the church. I've had one foot in the world. I've kind of been doing this halfway and I know that God is telling me today, it's time to go all in. It's time to quit doing life that way. Because listen, I'm just going to tell you, that way is never going to, is never going to be satisfying. You're always going to feel like you're missing out. Because you are. God has more for you. But in order to step into the more that God has for you, you've got to do things God's way. And salvation is about making Jesus the Lord of your life. Lord means he's the boss. Lord means you do things his way. But the good news is when you do that, um, it's the best life you could ever have. Way better than this life you're trying to carve out for yourself. So I want to encourage you today, if that's you and you find yourself here and you're not really sure where you stand with God... Maybe you're here today and you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit kind of drawing you. God's telling you today, I love you. I have more for you. If that's you today, I want to invite you to go all in. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If that's you today, I want you to just, just between me and you, I just want you to lift up your hand. Just put your hand up and then you can put it right back down. If you say, I want to go all in with God today. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I want to make him the Lord and the Savior of my life today. I'm going all in today. If that's you, put your hand up. You can put it right back down. I see one hand go up. Very good. Anybody else? Today's, today's the day. Today's the day I'm saying, I'm going all in. I see another hand. That's awesome. I'm going all in today. I'm going to quit trying to keep one foot in the world, one foot in the word. I'm going all in with God. It's the best life you could ever imagine. If that's you today, lift up your hand. Just put it up. You can put it right back down. Don't walk away from this place today not being sure where you stand with the Lord. Don't do it. If that's you, just put your hand up. Put it right back down. All right, several hands went up all over the room. Here's what I'd like to do. You can look up here at me now. We're going to pray a prayer together. For those of you who raise your hand, a miracle is about to take place. You're going to speak and, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord because you believe it in your heart. And in that moment that you do this, there is a, 
new life is, it takes place, that the dead man is no longer. You become born again. This is as cool as it gets, people. And so I want to do this as a church. We, we believe in what they're doing, so we're all going to say this together. I want you to say this out loud. I want you to confess this with your mouth. And in this moment, you may not feel anything, but man, a miracle is taking place. So say this with me. Say, Jesus, today I give you my life. Today I'm turning my back on the world, on my old ways. I repent for my sins. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my direction. I've decided to follow Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you, Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my God. I give you my life today. All of me. All of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give me. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.